0: It's a, it's a good long-term investment. Let me just hold on to it. I still uh, said that to myself. And of course, my friends and I, we were like, all, all still positive. And it tanked, and it tanked, and it just kept on like, kept on going, going, going down.
1: Hello, fellow risk-takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk but to win big, you've got to reduce it. My name's Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Investment Research, and today I'm here with Emil Vollert, who will be telling us about his worst investment ever. Emil, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Andrew. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, all right. So before we get started, I'll share your background with our listeners. Emil is Commercial Manager at A-Commerce, a company that provides e-commerce solutions for Southeast Asia and Bangkok. Emil started his career as a web technician and later client coordinator for customers from Thailand at Moblius in Denmark. Later he moved to Thailand and developed his career there working as business development manager position at Tropical Focus and commercial effectiveness manager at Novo Nordisk. Emil's goal is to always be studying and learning something new and I know that because we first encountered ourselves in a classroom where I was teaching and he was learning. And so he's entered Stamford International University in 2011 and graduated with a bachelor's degree in business administration. In 2018, he graduated with a master's in science degree from Thomas Hart University, which is where we first met. Emil, do you have anything to add to that? And tell us something about your personal life. Yeah,
0: so my personal life is very much competitive because I used to do a lot of sports before. I was on the uh, Danish national team for, uh, in karate for six years, and I trained together a total of uh, 12 years and became the youngest black belt in Denmark actually. So it's been a big part of my life. Uh, and it also taught me a lot of uh, discipline. Um, so that's also why I sort of uh, was seeking to explore Asia a bit more. And then uh, Thailand is not the worst place to, uh, to be. So would you say that discipline is the, the main thing that you learned from those years in karate? Discipline and uh, self-control. We always teach to, uh, to fight very hard in the ring, but I've never in my life fought outside the ring. Right. right? So self-control, discipline, stay focused. Right
1: fantastic well you're definitely i've always seen you're in very good shape in fact i'm feeling a little bit strange <laughs> about my tummy right now but now before sharing your story tell us about your level of investing experience and what type of investment you're going to tell us about today
0: yeah so i try to invest abroad uh, uh, both uh, country-wise sector-wise and also asset class uh, but mainly it's focused on stocks okay and um it's a mix right now of uh, single stocks, ETFs, and a few mutual funds as well. Okay. Uh, also a bit of uh, cryptocurrencies, but that, yeah. <laughs> that's more on the risk part. We can maybe get into that later on. Yeah. So, um, but a uh, very broad uh, invest mainly in a uh, Main focus right now is Asia, okay. but also uh, back in Europe, the, the American markets. Got it.
1: Okay. And your story is going to be about investing in stocks? It's going to be about, about investing in stocks. It's not going to be about investing in Bitcoin. <laughs> no, That's because good. That, that has been a success so yeah, far. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's what I remember you talking about before. So, the listeners, describe the circumstances leading up to this worst investment and tell us about your story.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, before doing the investment, I, I, of course, didn't think that it was going to be like my worst investment ever. Uh, we never do of course not right (laughs) so um no but uh, i talk a lot with my parents uh, about investments and uh, we sort of uh, thought wait a minute i mean we think the german economy is going to sort of uh, come back in uh, back into good shape Uh, angela merkel is doing a good job and uh, like german they will they'll keep on keep on going on Mm. and the euro is strong so i thought okay i mean let me look a bit on uh, about deutsche bank Uh, and it's like the probably the biggest uh, commercial bank in europe and they, they got like tons of operations all over the world. So I thought, okay, this is a pretty, um, pretty interesting stock to look into. And I discussed it with my, with my dad, and he said, ah, sounds interesting. I discussed it with a few friends, and they said, it's interesting as well. So we sort of uh, built up a lot of uh, positivity regarding uh, th- this investment mm. before looking into any fundamentals, any technical analysis, purely on uh, our perception of the company. Right. See,
1: so you're developing a story. In your mind about what it is
0: you know what's your investment theme Exciting. sharing that with other people mm-hmm. and exactly. then like getting excited about it yeah I and mean, we were like uh, sort of building up this uh, excitement uh, together right so you i was maybe before i went into the stock i was a little bit blind on the, on the current situation because of course uh, they were the balance sheet was in very bad shape and uh, they just uh, like s- slashed dividends and, and these kind of things and it was actually going pretty bad and there was a lot of factors Mm-hmm. Uh, talking against taking a position in uh, in Deutsche Bank, which was probably why the stock have taken uh, quite some beating at the time. So I thought, okay, it's been taking some beating, but I mean, this could just be a good entry point for uh, for, for taking a position. And uh, so I did. So I uh, I took a position, not not that uh, that large. It was uh, around two percent of the of the total portfolio. And then I just like hold on to it for uh, for a couple of days. Was uh, stagnant, and then it, and then it just uh, had a pump. It was a ten percent pump up, mm. and I was like, "This is the best investment ever!" What a great idea! Yeah, and I was uh, texting my friends saying, "Did you get in? Did you get in?" And of course, they they, they got in as well. So they were also uh, like sort of very exciting about this uh, this ten percent pump, mm. um, because they came came up with this new strategy of uh, let's clean up the balance sheet, going to slash a thousand employees uh, worldwide, and um, so we, we were all excited. Like, and we didn't look much further into the risks because. I mean, it was so good, like 10% in like two weeks. It was uh, incredible. And then all of a sudden, things started to happen. And, and it just it came out with earnings and it dropped hard. Came out with uh, more earnings and more bad news. Um, the German economy was not going uh, as good as we thought. Mm. And then uh, things just started to go south. And then I thought, okay, they just announced that they want to uh, still... Pay out the dividends now, so around one point five percent—not not a big dividend, but still, still there's a bit of cash flow. And uh, I thought, okay, let me just hold on to it. It's a, it's a good long-term investment. I still uh, said that to myself. And of course, my friends and I, we were like uh, all all still positive, and it tanked, and it tanked, and it just kept on like kept on going 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 down. Like what? How far down did it go relative to your entry point? So I entered around uh, around 15.5 euro, okay. and then it just uh, plummeted down to around 12, and then it stayed there for a while, and then it had a bounce back up again, and I think it was like I don't know um, what is it called like a, a bull trap, right? Mm. So it went up and then it just went e- even further down again. So uh, and 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 now we're trading around uh, 9.4. So that's a loss of like around 40%, which is uh, which is quite a lot. So, um, but 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 I'm still uh, having the uh, the perception that I'll just keep it. I said I won't cut the loss mm. uh, because I I I cannot get myself to take a forty percent cut. Right. It it might be the best uh, option to do or the best uh, the best uh, trigger to pull. But I don't know. I don't. Uh, I've I've never taken a a loss on a stock uh, that big. So uh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Mm so what did, what, if, what how would
1: you sum up what you've learned from this experience
0: I think the, the, the key thing that i've learned is um regarding psychology uh, this fomo like fear of missing out so because we were all excited about this investment and you, you just get blind and you say, "I gotta catch this train otherwise it'll it'll go to the moon and I, and i won't get this opportunity to be a part of it So I thought like, let me just jump on it, and I think this is a very like um, uh, thing that a lot of people they do, mm. they, they, they jump onto it before, because they have a fear of missing out uh, and they don't like uh, think rationally before they actually uh, taking the position. So for me, that's, uh, that's definitely what, uh, what, what it has taught me. Uh, and then for, for future investments, I've studied a lot more in, in details uh, with my capabilities yeah. to, uh, to sort of rationalize a bit more before taking the actual position.
1: Okay, so let let me summarize some of the things that I got out of your story. Uh, The first one, as you say, you get fear of missing out. You develop some idea and then you think, I got to get in it. And when the stock starts moving up, you get excited, you want to be in it. Uh, The second thing is the level of research. It's always amazing to me as an investment professional all my career, how little research people do (laughs) when they go into a stock and you think, my God, it was 10 years of my study and work before I put any money in any stocks. I was so terrified. Maybe I just knew too much at that time about the market. So the, first, the second one was about the research and really taking the time. And it's, it's not enough to develop a theme and build confidence in your idea. You've got to support it. And I remember it reminds me of a time when I was an analyst. I went to New York and I visited this fund management company. It was a hedge fund in the, the heydays. It was great times. But these guys were pretty unique. They lined up four people in a row. They put me in front of them. And then they just blasted me with challenging questions on my thesis, which was, you know, what whatever I was pushing at the time as an analyst. And at the end, I mean, I, I was really, they, they pushed me to the limit as far as my research and everything. And at the end, they looked at me and they said, oh, sorry, we were so tough. You know, we just wanted to see how committed you were to your idea and how much research you had put behind it. And what I realized is that they were really challenging. They were probably owning the stock, but they were challenging me and they were challenging themselves and that's really hard to do. Uh, It's much easier to to look for confirmation. We call it confirmation bias where you're looking for confirmation of your idea. The other thing that's uh, an interesting lesson is when I started my career as an analyst, I was a bank analyst. So I looked at banks for 10 years. What I learned about banks is that banks operate on a sliver of equity. That equity in the bank is going to be something like, for an average company, about 60% of their balance sheet is financed by equity. For the average bank, it's about 10%. That means 90% is coming from leverage. That leverage is deposits. So the what that means is that if the assets of the balance sheet get wiped out by just 10%, bad loans of 10%, the whole equity has been wiped out of the bank, and this level of leverage and this level of, of small level of capitalization makes it such that banks can be very volatile in their earnings and their impact. You know that, that they're being hit by economic moves, and that's why one of the reasons why banks don't often trade on high PEs uh, because of the fact that there's so much volatility and risk. That, that can inherently be uh, in their balance sheet and eventually they'll be hit. So that's a lesson, I think, for, for all of us to think about the difference between investing in a bank and investing in just a traditional company. And I do want to hit on one last thing. If we look at the stock market, let's say there's, you know, you could probably invest in, for my global portfolio that I look at, I look at 5,000 stocks around the world. That's my universe to pick from. And ultimately, let's say I'm trying to invest... For the next one year, what would be the best investment for the next one year? Well, out of 5,000, I narrow it down. I say these 20 stocks, I think, will be the best potential investment for the next year. The question that you want to ask when you find yourself in this situation is that if I didn't own this stock, would I buy it today? And if the answer is no, then chances are it may mean that you should be in another stock. Now, of course, there's tax implications and other things like that about selling and, and realizing a loss. But that zero-based thinking concept of if I didn't own it today, would I add it is one way to bring clarity when you find yourself in this type of situation. So there's some <laughs> challenges for you. Based on this story and your experience since then, what specific actions can you recommend to our listeners to help them pro- protect their investment?
0: I would say don't just, uh, don't just take it at in-use any word from friends at face value. Also, when I'm looking into my my trading platform, there's like 20 analysts that have given a recommendation saying buy or strong buy or like very very dark green color, right? But yeah, that's only based on 20 people, right? Or maybe 20 20 brokers. So don't don't just listen to the um, to the noise out there, but actually do the um, the quality analysis yourself. Mm. And, uh, and then believe in it and, and, and stay true to your strategy as well. Uh, it, it might fluctuate for, for a couple of months, uh, the investment or the position that you took. It might not be the exact right entry point, but uh, if you have uh, done your analysis and you believe that this is a good investment, it eventually will, will pay out. It's a great
1: point. And the other thing, uh, my PhD dissertation, I looked at the accuracy of analysts across the whole world, and what you find is they have a huge amount of optimism built into their forecasts when they forecast companies. And what you can see as an analyst 20 years of my life, I can see all the pressures that are on analysts. So I think you've got a good point there. Don't just blindly follow analysts just because they're saying buy this, buy that. They're, they're also running, they're participating in a business which is generating income off of your buying and selling. All right, there you have it fellow risk takers, another painful story of loss to keep you winning. To find more stories like this, previous episodes and resources to help you Reduce your risk. Visit myworstinvestmentever.com. As we wrap up, Emil, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. I know it's painful talking about our losers, but our listeners are learning to win
0: as a result. Before we close, any parting words for our audience? Stay happy and, and, uh, and keep investing. I mean, it's all about keep investing and, and doing it over time uh, mm-hmm. because you've got, you've got the time on your side. I myself, uh, I'm 26 and I've started investing when I was 20. So uh, it's just about compounding all, all over the years. Love that's, that. that's my strategy.
1: Great, great parting uh, advice. And that is you've got to stay invested over a long period of time because the ultimate benefits come from the compounding effect that you will get. So there you go, fellow risk takers. Another great story to help you create, grow and protect your wealth. I'll see you on the upside.